we have been singing about, we have been celebrating, right? We have been giving glory to the newborn king, right? That this celebration of Christmas isn't just this convenient story, uh, the backdrop for the sake of a holiday. It's not just about being excited about a baby being born, although that is something to be excited about. Uh, the thing that we're celebrating is this Christmas that had been foretold, this celebration of a Savior coming into this world that God has been telling us about for hundreds and hundreds of years ever since man had rebelled against Him, right? That God has had this plan to redeem humanity the moment, right, that we fought, uh, had fallen away. And so I'm, I'm going to take a look at some passages that, that we'll see from both kind of previous uh, to Jesus' birth, during and after, where we see Jesus being celebrated as king, right? That we're not just celebrating Jesus and receiving him as this little baby born in a manger. We're receiving him as, as king, as king. And so one of the passages they, they read during that, that song was Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And some have suggested that even though those two phrasings are similar, they are not synonymous. They suggest that the son being born is what we're celebrating today, the incarnation of God coming as a man dwelling on the earth among us. But the son being given is pointing to what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Right, the, the John 3.16 sort of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That this son is being given for us. Right, And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right, we're seeing this idea that Jesus is more than just a baby. He's more than just a carpenter from a couple thousand years ago, right? That he is going to be the son of the most high God. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end, right? That as Jesus' kingdom comes, this isn't going to go in and out like so many governments have, so many empires have, so many kingdoms have. Jesus is reigning forever. Jesus is a good and mighty king who reigns forever. It says on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so this is a passage from Christmas past, if you will. This was prophetically written. This and many other prophecies have been given prior to Jesus being born on the earth. Right? This was looking forward to the Messiah coming into the world. So let's, let's jump to, I guess, what I'd call Christmas present, the first Christmas. All right? In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, just a small backwoods town, right? to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. All right? So this young woman, this young man were even more than engaged. This was... This was a big deal, all right? And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, 
Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And notice the similarities of this next passage, right? In case we didn't know who this was going to be, it makes it abundantly clear. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So, so there's no confusion about who Isaiah was telling us about and who Gabriel is introducing to his mom, right? Like this Jesus is the one that we've been waiting for. Okay, that in Jesus' earthly ministry, he fulfills over 300 unique prophecies about the Messiah. There's, there's not supposed to be confusion about who God is and what he's like. Jesus is this image of the invisible God. He shows us exactly what the heart of the Father is towards humanity, right? So we know it's abundantly clear this is who he is. And notice the language. It's talking about him as the most high, right? That he will reign on a throne, right? He will have this kingdom that will not end. So he's not this convenient baby born in a manger that we can just keep in our minds as this, right? Kind of, it's, you know, convenient to think about on Christmas, but I don't think about him the rest of the year, right? He is king. He is king, right? He is one who, who, through whom we will give an account. Right? Like we will all meet him one day and, and have to give account to him. So verse 34, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Okay, so check this out. People back then understood some basic biology. I'm not going to get into it tonight with the kids here. All right? The reason they could identify the miracle was because they knew how it happens the normal way. All right, like that's, that, that's the reason the miracle was significant. All right, the fact that this virgin birth occurred, right, is pointing back to actually another prophecy from Isaiah. Okay, like God does things that are rare or even impossible to get our attention. All right, like if it was like, yeah, a baby's going to happen, like that happens all the time, you know, so that wouldn't really, really get our attention. It wouldn't wake us up to the fact that God was doing something big. And so God does the impossible to get our attention. And the fact that they understood the laws of nature is what makes the miracle evident. Okay? So let's see. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, and then he relays this other story, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Okay? So he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. So John the Baptist's mom was this old lady Elizabeth, right? Her husband, Zechariah, they never had any kids, and God grants them a son as well in a similar prophetic way. Okay? So like, God is doing something here. All right, this doesn't happen every day. God is doing something different here. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so Mary receives this news as God's will for her life. 
right? She recognizes that God is at work and she places herself in just, right, yielding to his authority, right? That she recognizes that she's going to receive God's word as she would from a king, right? That she, right, recognizes herself as a servant. In Luke chapter 2, fast forward a few months, it says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Okay, so we see that Caesar Augustus is mentioned, these emperors, right? We see... uh, what was in Quirinius, okay, from Syria. We see these people in authority, these rulers who had wealth and power, right? People who had palaces, right? And they make decrees and small insignificant people like Mary and Joseph are now at the whims of these government rules, right? And so they, they travel to the city of David, Bethlehem, because that's where Joseph was from, right? That, he was of the lineage of David, the lineage of, of a king, Okay, the king of the Jews, right? And so they go there to be registered, right? And Mary, his betrothed, was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him or them in the inn. Right? And so so Mary and Joseph... People you wouldn't think were that big of a deal. God chooses to work through these humble individuals, right? Through this poor young family, right? From these small towns instead of working through these great kings and emperors, right? That God who would be known as the Most High enters the world in this humble way, right? Perhaps contrary to what we would have imagined God showing up would be like, but this is how he said it would be. Right, that Jesus was one who would humble himself. In fact, looking back on this passage and Jesus' life, Paul, writing in Philippians 2, said this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That Jesus was fully God. He's in the form of God. But he enters into this world, right, in the form of humanity, right? That God came down and dwelt among us, that we would understand what he is like, right? In the latter days, the book of Hebrews says that God spoke through his prophets and through Moses, but we have this privilege of seeing Jesus, right? Resembling God in every aspect, that the full glory of God is revealed to us in Jesus, right? That we don't just hear what the prophets had to say. We get to see how God would live and what an image-bearing human would act like, right? And so it says this, verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth 
and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so we see that Jesus was born as a man. He came into this earth humbly. He was willing to serve and not be served. But Jesus now is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus reigns supreme. Jesus has all authority, right, to the glory of God the Father, that that whether in this life or in the next, all people will bow their knee and recognize Jesus as king. They will recognize his authority. All tongues will confess that Jesus is in fact Lord. And right, so we have this privilege of, of this gospel story that we can yield to Jesus now in this life. Right, that like the, the wise men coming from afar, they, they came to worship this baby Jesus. Right, that we too can worship Jesus for who he is. And not just kind of think of him as just a little insignificant poor baby. Right, but he is God of all the universe. One to whom we each must give an account. And if we consider this idea of God coming down and dwelling among us that we could be with him. Look at this passage from Revelation 21. So this is like Christmas future, if you will. This has not yet happened, all right? We would have noticed, okay? Uh, This hasn't happened yet, but John the Apostle is writing this down. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, right? So notice, where is this voice coming from? Jesus on the throne reigning over all things. He says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. So in the incarnation, God came down to dwell among us that that we were able to enjoy Jesus' earthly ministry for this short time on the earth. But that Christmas experience was, was only a taste of what was yet to come that we can look forward to dwelling with God forever, right? That we can be a part of this, this glorious kingdom, right? That he has planned for us if we would yield to him as king. He says, verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Verse 5, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's see, the worship team can start coming back up. He says, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So Jesus invites us now to respond, to be a part of his kingdom. And the good news is he's a good king. Right? He's this wonderful counselor, right? right? This, this excellent, wonderful, good and kind, benevolent, loving Jesus. One who loved us so much that he was willing to, to die for us when we were his enemies. And he invites us to dwell with him forever. 
All right, so don't think about Christmas as just this convenient little holiday story. This is God sending his son to the earth to save and redeem mankind and invite them to be with himself forever, right? That we now have this choice to whether or not we receive the gift that God gave us in salvation in his son, right? Each of us have that choice, whether we bow in our own lives now or we'll bow one day in the future. We'll recognize Jesus as king. And so I invite you this evening that if you have not made Jesus king of your heart, that you do that this evening. You don't have to confess your sins to me, all right? You can just confess your heart to God and invite Jesus to be Lord of your life, right? To ask him to forgive you of, of all that you've ever done and ask him to lead you, right, in the rest of your life. Because Jesus doesn't want to just be a part of your right Christmas season. He wants to be Lord of all of your life. And so, as we uh, are about to sing these last songs, we're going to light some candles. Perhaps you got one already, if you're old enough, if you're responsible enough. All right. And these aren't magic, right? This is just kind of a cool thing to do. These are just candles. But when Jesus came into the world, he came as the light of the world that this world was a dark place broken by sin and Jesus came in and showed us what he was like and now he sends us out likewise to be the light of the world so I'm going to try to light some candles here and we'll sing these last couple songs <laughs>